Invest in yourself. Wherever you're in life, especially if you're younger, invest in yourself. Your education, your future is your best investment. And I remember you will always be your best investment. You know what you're capable of. If you're an RN and you even have the inkling like, man, I would like to, but I'm just afraid, do it. Welcome to the Investing RN Podcast, the number one podcast for nurses and nursing professionals who want to create a future of abundance, security, and freedom. Join us for interviews with experts and inspiring stories from nurses who are crushing their financial goals. Investing RN is more than just a podcast about money. It's about helping nurses to achieve their overall life goals, whether that's retiring early, starting their own business, or traveling the world. We believe that nurses deserve to be financially literate and have access to the resources they need to build wealth. So if you're a nurse who's ready to take control of your finances and create a future you love, then Investing RN is the podcast for you. Subscribe today and start your journey towards financial freedom. In today's episode, we're sharing part two from our interview with Sarah Wild. If you haven't listened to part one yet, be sure to head on over and get to know Sarah and the background of her story before diving into today's chat. Sarah is a CRNA who also is a successful entrepreneur running her own aesthetics business. In part two, Sarah takes us on the journey deeper into the legal world of things. She shares insights into setting up and managing her business. She really emphasizes the value of time and how paying for professional services can be worth it. She also talks about the challenges she faced and the importance of investing in yourself. This interview was so fun, but we learned a lot and you will too. Just as far as like setting up the aesthetics business, did you have like anyone that you spoke to in terms of a lawyer, CPA, how, how did you kind of go about the legal side of setting that up? So I initially, when I became a 1099 first CRNA, I set up my LLC and ran as an S corp. And I took that all under my, I found a CPA that had experience running CRNAs, managing CRNAs money and their LLC and everything. For me, it's like, I could figure out how to do it online. But I'm like, this is such a waste of my time. Yeah. And like, she had really good fees. And I was just like, I make this in like an hour. I'm just going to pay, you know, like, I'm just going to pay to do this. This is so worth my time. And that's the other thing is like, some people feel like, oh, I'm saving money. But it's also like, once you get to a point in life, it's like your time is your most valuable commodity. I would pay that for you to do it. And I could just spend time with my kids, you know, or. For sure. It'll end up taking you like 10 times as long and you won't do it nearly as good as this other person can do it. So, yeah. thousand, And I probably will screw it up anyway. So anyways, I hired a CPA. Her firm set up my LLC. And it literally, I was like, I, I remember doing all the research. Jordan asked, finally, I was like, what? I just asked her, I'm like, you just tell me what I need to be. I don't even know. Like, why am I even like doing all this research to tell, like, act like I know what I'm doing. <laughs> this is what they did. And it was great. You know, I saved so much money on my taxes. And I just, it's, it's brutal how much taxes you have to pay. I'm all for giving, you know, paying a little bit to help out for the roads and schools and crap. Like we all got to pay through them. Like, ah, oh, this was crazy what you're trying to take from me. So I set up that way. And then when I started doing concierge Botox, that's when I reached out to my... Now, I'm also going to say none of this is like legal advice. I don't know if yeah, we did it right. So I'm sure. like telling someone, don't take this like the right way to do it. I'm just going to tell you my experience. So I they contacted my CPA because I, I run everything through like my business banking account. And I have as Sarah Wild is an employee of my LLC. So I get paid monthly. And essentially I take that paycheck and I put it into, we call it EFTPS. It's like our, I pay my taxes online, like a monthly fee from my income. And so then 
I, and then I take a draw and I take the extra overflow that I don't need for my business. And then I put it into my personal account. And that's the money that I will get taxed on, not as a business. So essentially, I was asking my CPA, can I, do I need to start a new LLC doing Botox? Or, I mean, I'm still injecting as a CRNA. And that's what my overall, my LLC was saying. So she said, go ahead. You know, like, so she did some work. She's like, you can inject, you can just funnel the money the same way. It's just income into your LLC that is anesthesia because you're still doing anesthesia. Aesthetics is considered, you know, like in the aesthetics world, I am a CRNA providing this service. So running it through now, I am like, I do have, we are considering restructuring it now that as I make more and as I have an actual entity of a spa, even though I'm still the only employee, we're trying to decide if we are going to create a new I didn't even, and that was the other thing. I was like, do I need to create a whole new LLC or do I just create a new entity under my umbrella that I already have? So that I'm still working out um, financially. I like, cause my biggest thing is like, obviously you have an LLC to protect you, right? Like for multiple things, but also like, if you want to get sued, you want to be protected from personal, your personal stuff. But I'm like, I don't know if my aesthetics could affect my, cause I have separate malpractice. I have malpractice for my anesthesia and I have malpractice for my aesthetics. So I'm still kind of working through it. A lot of that is a little, there is no, when I say it's a wild old west, there is no like, do it this way. It's just like, you try to set yourself up for protection and do it all. Yeah. You said uh, with the kids three and one, it sounds like, well, the three-year-old, I guess, is getting close to school age. Have you guys talked about, I know right now there's like a big push for homeschooling. Josh there and his wife, they homeschool their kids. And I know it's getting more and more popular. So have you guys discussed that at all with you? I don't, what is your, is your husband still a teacher? He's not. Nope. He actually is in the business world. He did, he's like the most personal, like most outgoing personal person ever. So he's gotten into business world of sales. He does so good with, it's actually still a little bit in the education world. He sells like soft seating furniture into like schools. He's a hmm. yeah regional sales director. So, but oh, he cool. works remote. So that's super nice. He works from home and works remote and travels a little bit. So have you guys kind of discussed the schooling setup or you guys just go on the traditional route? No, you know, I am, I'm big on thinking outside the box. (laughs) I've always been, I've always been a fan for that. Um, This is my critique of homeschooling. And I say this knowing that it'll rub some people the wrong way. (laughs) And I don't say as a knock to anybody. (laughs) I won't tell my wife. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Yeah. We all have different opinions. I love homeschooling when it's done right. Yeah. I feel like there are a lot of people that aren't, that do not prepare their kids properly for college. And so I think, like, I know myself, I do not have any training in education and I would be the world's worst teacher. And I would literally probably screw my kids' education up so bad. (laughs) No, we actually, we will probably hire a tutor or hire someone to homeschool. But essentially, Mm -hmm. um, we've even talked about like, doing hire, you know, getting together with a couple other families in the area and hiring multiple tutors for different subjects. And I love, oh no, it's blank, blanking. Oh, it's a type of school. Oh gosh. No, I can't think of it. I say that and I don't know the name. The, uh, hands-on approach to school. What? Montessori. Or Montessori. Montessori. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, okay. I love Montessori schools. Yeah. The closest one to me is like 40, 40 minutes away. 
well, we just, I actually just looked at one and the start time was 7 a.m. And our daughter's two and a half. And I was like, she doesn't even wake up till like 7 oh. 30. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. My kid doesn't wake up. And that would be a big no no for me, too. Yeah. But like, I love, I love teaching kids practical. Like, yeah. But like, and also, guys, like, my thing is, too, I don't care a lot about school right now at such a young age. I'm like, kids need to play, kids need to like develop. Right. You, you learn so much. You're just being a kid. Yeah. So we do, we do have a little, like my three-year-old is, you know, everyone's like, my three-year-old's so smart and advanced. Well, you know, no. <laughs> but he's just busy. He's busy and he's just, he's suddenly gotten to a stage where he just like needs to be challenged mentally. So we do have a lady that like comes and picks him up for like two hours a day and just does some really cool hands-on little bit of education, but a lot, it's like more educational play and he loves it, you know, to make, you know, to give some good skills and just honestly confident, you know, a lot of just little things that we want him to work on. And I'm also like, my kid is very, we, we care a lot about like training. So like being respectful, obedience, being able to be appropriate and public and that kind of stuff. But kids are always different with their parents, right? You know, <laughs> yeah. they're one way parents and then they're on other kids, people and they're like, Thing. So it's just kind of slowly easing him in and how to learn and how to like listen and follow commands with other people and yeah we kind of we do that kind of stuff. Is is he surfing yet? Both my boys, we started them on their one year birthday. We they would start to go surfing with us. Like wow. we hold them while we go surfing. And then Maverick, he's three. He has started this summer. He's done. We have little like trainer skis um, that he's done a few times. Oh, yeah. He. He gets nervous sometimes, but then just about a week and a half ago, we um got him up on the surfboard, the wake surfboard. Oh, cool! For like five seconds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. So how how can nurses balance their work and personal lives while also managing managing their finances? Because um, it it's a constant balance. And what would you tell somebody who's trying to trying to do more than just nursing, but also trying to have a good family life and a good just regular life? Just live within your means, you know, because me and my husband, we've been through every stage and we have been through an extremely poor stage of life where like I literally had budgeted we could eat out like once a month. You know, that was all we could afford. And we were happy with it. Like our date nights consisted of playing tennis, uh, you know, going skateboarding and just getting out, you know, like stuff like that. Like, so live within your means once you become a nurse and especially if you have a second income, you have two incomes and you're making a decent income. Make sure, make sure you're thinking big picture. I would say start really thinking about like investments and thinking about like your future. But then also like if you've worked hard to get where you're at, that's okay. Spend a little money on entertainment and that stuff too. That's I just love, I just love budgeting. Budgeting just gives you a clear idea of where you're at and be like, okay, I can afford to splurge and buy this or buy that. I'm like, you know, my husband's like, I can buy new golf clubs. I'm like, Heck yeah, you know, like we've worked hard for you to be able to do that. You don't need to save every penny, you know, like enjoy that. That was kind of where we were at a little bit too. Where like when we bought our boat, we're like, this is going to bring no monetary value to us. Like <laughs> it is not a good investment. Right. Yeah. But I'm like, the amount of like family time it has given us, it's worth every penny, you know, like Okay, it's not going to give any monetary return, but it's a huge investment to like your family time or so, finding yeah. stuff like that. 
Uh, that was the same thought process that we when we decided to buy our motorhome. I mean, that's a that's a huge expense, much like the boat is. But we're paying for memories that we're going to have for the rest of our life, and that's not something you can't put a price on that. Yeah. Okay, you went into something fun about a motorhome. So we lived in a motorhome for like a year and a half. I was I had a year left of residency of my schooling, and then about well, I got pregnant in my last year of anesthesia school, and I was having to travel and. So we decided to sell everything and then we bought a 43 footer and we lived, we lived in an RV full time (laughs) and my husband would travel with me to all my different locations. Oh my goodness. We lived in it. And then when I was 38 weeks pregnant is when COVID hit and I'll never forget getting the call. The doctor was like, um, there's just a major cardiac arrest on the floor that you're supposed to deliver at. So they're shutting down the OB department. Like to anybody, you like your husband can't come when you deliver. Only you can come. And I was like, but it's his kid too. Like, what do you mean he can't come? (laughs) Like they legit were like, he can't come to the delivery. So within 10 hours, we were packed up and we just left. And I was like, I'm leaving. I called my, I had like two weeks of school left, like two weeks of like clinical rotations. But I had like stupid amount of more hours than I needed. And, and, and it was nice because of COVID, they kind of just fizzled out at the end. Like it was hard to even get us into clinical sites, honestly. So I literally, within 10 hours, we had packed up our life and we're like, we're heading to Indiana. Like I had planned to move here to work after I delivered and kind of went through my, you know, just kind of recovery. But that was the beautiful thing about an RV. It's like, the zombie apocalypse hits, man. You are good to go. <laughs> Is that? Did you say why you chose Indiana? Did you, did you say you have family out there, or was it just? I was born and raised here. So born and raised. Last when I went to college, stayed in Tampa. We lived there for like twelve years, including my undergrad and everything. That's right. So I just wanted to be close to family when we had kids, and the job's awesome. It's so it's like a critical access hospital. So the hours are great. Just low key life, you know. I've heard good things about Indiana. Yeah, we just, it is what it is. There's no surprises. We're all happy people. But- Under the radar. Yeah, yeah. a couple kind of questions for nurses maybe looking to get started here. Like, I think you kind of touched on the budgeting. I, that was kind of my takeaway from what you were saying as far as like something that people can yeah. do is just like living within your means, budgeting, just in terms of challenges for new nurses and like ways they can start investing and things like that. Any recommendations for that? I probably, I wasn't super good at it. Um, we did the 401k match. You know, honestly, that was kind of like my start. I didn't, you know, we were so low income. So then when I did start, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm making $50,000. This is so much money. I don't know what to do with it. I loved taking, you know, whether it's my husband loves to invest. Like, so I feel like I'm kind of cheat a little bit with that because rather than, that was another big pull for us to do for me to do 1099 rather than W2 is like he wanted all of our money to do, to invest himself, you know? So, but, um, and I have a couple brothers that are like big into investment. They do a lot of big into the stock market and real estate. So I've learned a lot from them, but I, I think the biggest take that I've learned from investing is don't have your money just sit. So make money off of your money. Savings accounts, like you're not making anything from your savings account. So create, we use Betterment 
but it's essentially like a spider account where you, it's the ratio of stocks to bonds. So finally, like there's simple accounts that you can do that will manage your money for you. And you can adjust the safe level to more risky level. But before, before COVID happened, because we started doing it back when I started working as a nurse, we would just take our savings and we would keep our savings, essentially the money that was like, we knew we weren't going to need unless there was an emergency. And we would just keep it in betterment. And we consistently made 7 to 12% on our money. Yeah. And like, wow. that is huge. Like, that is like really good in the schema. I mean, now the stock markets are down. We're not doing that well. You know, it's, but that was a state, that was a time where we did really well. And it wasn't large sums because we only had a small amount that we were putting into our savings that we weren't touching, but it was a good, but I was, you know, we were also in a stage where I was in nursing school. So I was paying, I, I paid cash for nursing school. Oh, wow. I, I was working to pay for nursing school. I did get loans for anesthesia school, but so it wasn't like we were putting huge amounts, but I, that was something we did try to do. So with our small amounts, we, we made some decent money. So I remember one time, we took some cash and we made some investments and we put it in there. And then like, we were able to put a good down payment on a car. You know, our car was like dying and it was cool. It was like, we can use that money and upgrade our car that like, we're going to crash and cause it like is broken down so many times. But so I don't want to give any earth shattering financial advice as far as investing. Cause I, <laughs> I myself am not an expert. I feel like I'm still learning a lot, but I also, but I think the biggest advice that I could give, like, if you don't know what to do, don't let your money just sit. Find a way to grow your money, even if you're so like not confident in like the stock market or real estate or anything like that. Like find, you know, find a financial advisor, find a friend who likes investing. Ask right. Heck, you want social media now, and there's so many like yeah. financial. Not that you want to take all their advice, but like get some information. Okay, what kind of accounts can I put my money in to save and it'll grow rather than just living in a bank account? Yeah. So what's what's something that you would tell nurses to do right now? So that's kind of like the play on our our name is like we're we're all RNs, we're we're focusing on nurses. We want to educate nurses. But what's something that we can tell people to do right now that will better their future? Invest in yourself. I remember someone told me this. Wherever you're in life, especially if you're younger, invest in yourself. Your education, your future is your best investment. And I remember back when I was thinking about going to anesthesia school. I didn't know. I'm like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to do this. I remember my brother told you, he's like, my brother told me, he's like, you will always be your best investment. You know what you're capable of. So invest in yourself. Invest in your you know, education. It's okay if you're not going to make money for the X amount of years, like invest in yourself. So I feel like if you're an RN and you even have the inkling like, oh, man, I would like to, but I'm just afraid, do it. What's the worst case? Worst case, you fail. Worst case, you're out $20,000 that you have to work off. You know, like you really think through the worst case. It's not the end of the world. Yeah. But if you are paying for yourself and you're motivated, work hard, create a good plan, go do it. Okay. But then like, let's say you're an RN and you just, I don't want to go to any more school. I want to be a bedside nurse for the rest of my life. I'm okay with that. Then I would say, start educating yourself on investing for your future, for your retirement. A Roth IRA is a really good way to, you know, it's not taxable when you take it out. So it's like, you know, you can grow, you can grow and grow and you can take it out. And that's the other thing, like basic, I'm still trying to understand, like, I'll be really honest. Like when I started working, like I didn't know the difference between a 401k or IRA. I didn't know like 
pre-tax, post-tax. I didn't know any of that. I was like, so someone just tell me where I need to invest my money into. That'll help me. And the, But then the problem is there's so many different opinions out there as how you do it. So I'm not going to tell you what you should do as far as where to invest your money. But we got a financial advisor that we trusted that gave us a basic rundown of what we should do. And it was actually really cool. He asked us, he gave us a checklist of a bunch of different questions of like what was important to us. Saving all your money for retirement to pass down to your kids. Travel now. Gosh, I wish I could have his checklist. But essentially, it was like, we do not want to hand our kids down a bunch of money. Like, that's not our goal. I want to give my kids life skills. I want to give my kids good education, invest in helping them do well in life. But I don't want to like have a business to hand over to them. I don't want to have like a bunch of money to hand over to them. Because I'm like, essentially, you need to work for what you get. So yeah, I mean, geez, if if you don't want to invest in yourself for more education, that would be my first thing. Invest in yourself more to set yourself up to get the most monetary value out of your time. That's another thing people don't like. People don't like it when you say, oh, you just went to CRNA school for the money. It's like, well, duh, I did. <laughs> like, well, that was, that'd be stupid <laughs> not to. You think I just did it for the fun of it? No, I knew like I could get paid five times the amount for working. And my work looks different and I bring on more risks and it's more, but at the same time, you know, it's like nurses sometimes will complain a lot be like, I can't imagine getting paid that much just for sitting there in that chair. You know, it's like, I can't imagine getting paid so much. And it's just like, invest in yourself, invest in you, make your time worth it. And you can too, but it's a lot of work. So if you don't want to do that work, then I would get a financial advisor to help you. Don't ask me. (laughs) You want to plan for your future, plan for your retirement. You do. Your future is important. Like, especially like thinking through all the aspects, like when you get old, who's going to take care of you? Like, do you want to put that burden on your friends and family? Do you want to put that burden on your kids? Like if you haven't financially planned well, someone is going to have to pay for you. Yeah, That's kind of like a sobering thought for my husband and I. We're like, we want to set ourselves up to we're like, we don't want to put the burden on our kids. Like we want... Yeah. So you really kind of have to think about all that too. Yeah. Yeah. I think they always say it's like important to start sooner. Like it's, what is it? Like, it's not the amount you start putting away. It's like how soon you start putting it away and all that. I mean, small, small, small amount. Definitely didn't say that right. But (laughs) that general idea. No, no, but it's true. I mean, you can find all those TikToks where it's like, if you start putting a hundred bucks a month in your kids, Roth IRA for 18 years, by the time they're X amount, they'll have like, this many millions and it's just like for real but it's like yeah like if you start if you do start early yeah it's a lot less money in the long run to get there yeah so basically just go to tiktok (laughs) for all of your financial advice and then you'll be set (laughs) i have sent a couple tiktoks to my cpa and they always roll their eyes what was the one who I was? I did see your one. There was like one TikTok about. I honestly don't watch many financial TikToks because again, I don't have time for it. I just let my CPA deal. But there was one about like being able to write off the cost of your car, and it was like a G wagon. It's like write it all off, and I sent it to my CPA. More than six thousand pounds. Yeah, and again, <laughs> it was like the whole thing, but it's not even. It's not even accurate. I sent. I was like, is this legit? And there, she's like. She's like, I hate that kind of stuff. She's like, there's so many like, well, it's just like, you have to meet so much criteria and then spend, use it for, I could be able to prove you're using it for this amount of work and this, you know, 
this amount of mileage. He's like, it's just, that's just a lot of like, it was pretty much like, we can look into it if you want, but it's so much easier just to do this if you want. I was like, maybe that's her way of not wanting to mess with it. Maybe I need to look yeah. at it. Sounds like it. <laughs> I was say, I, I personally did some of those things. So I know it works. It works. Well, that's good. Don't know how to close this out, but I had a couple of questions for you before we go. This lasted a little bit longer than we expected. So sorry, sorry for, okay. for that. I think the biggest tips I can just give, like, especially new stir- new nurses, like character goes a long way. Honesty goes a long way. If it ever seems shady, don't do it. And being a kind person, you're never above anybody else, no matter how successful you get. And yeah, I mean, money's important, but I think at the end of the day, being wi- a wise steward of your money and being, you know, rather than loving money and like trying just to make all you want, like you can be so happy in life no matter where you're at financially. Like I can truly say, you know, some of my happiest memories in life is when I made the least amount of money. So it's like life shouldn't be about money, mm-hmm. but you can use money to set you up very well, you know, to where I'll, like I never forget. So my mom was a stay at home mom. She had 11 kids. Like she did every, like, so like just so much work, sacrificed everything to have kids. Right. She invested zero in herself. If she goes out and gets a job, she's making 15, 20 bucks an hour. And I'll never forget. It was like last year I get a text from my boss and I was like, Oh, by the way, here's like, we're giving everyone like a $6,000 bonus. And my mom was like, they're just giving you money for no reason. Like you don't even have to work for them. And I was like, yeah. And like, I work for a really good company. Like they really value us. And my mom was like, I need to go back to school. <laughs> my mom's like 70. <laughs> but it was just so funny. But I was like, no, mom, I said, you invested in us. And, you know, all of us kids will very much invest in you now. But it's just kind of that idea. It's like, don't live to make money, but like investing in yourself in the long run, you'll be able to do well and do more when you set yourself up to make your time your most valuable asset. And you can afford to do more. That's one thing that I've noticed. Whether it whether it's appropriate or flawed, I've noticed that the more money you make, the more free things you get. And it, there seems to be a disconnect. But but that's that's yeah. just how it is, I guess. I mean, and that's that's a part of the game you gotta play. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Again, that's why I tell people like invest in yourself if you're willing to do the work. Yeah. But not everyone's cut out for that. And I get that. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, uh how can people kind of follow you and reach out? If they uh, want to connect. But any of my social platforms, YouTubes, I love chatting with people. I probably, uh, I probably respond better on Instagram just because it's an easier platform. All right. Look forward to someday we'll meet you guys for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hope so. All right. Have All a right. good day. You too. See thanks. Ya. See you. You too. We want to thank Sarah for coming on and sharing your story with us. We had so much fun and we hope you guys enjoyed it as much as we did. Let us know your favorite part of Sarah's journey on Instagram at investingrn.co and be on the lookout each week for another amazing episode. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Investing RN. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review if you enjoyed today's episode. Be sure to share this episode with one other person and follow us on Instagram at investingrn.co if you have any other questions or topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes. Your input is super valuable and we love hearing from our listeners. Until next time, remember, your financial well-being is a journey and we're here to guide you every step of the way. Keep investing in yourself and your future.